So three years ago, I returned to America after two years living in Jerusalem. And I was about to lead High Holiday Davening. It was Elul, and I was about to lead at Sixth and I in Washington, D.C. And so I asked my parents, can I stay with you guys for a couple months? And, um, and I did. And I think it was somewhere between stepping off the plane and putting my luggage down on my parents' floor when my mom handed me an ultimatum. You. You know those boxes that have been sitting in my attic. You know those boxes that just underneath that clumsily taped lid is chaos incarnate. You are not leaving my house until you go through each and every box and make organization and peace. So for some of you, I don't know, maybe you're thinking that sounds really cathartic or fun, but for me, that was, that was terror. The thought of diving into the geniza of my life, kind of the smell of the second grade report card. And it, I suddenly realized it was like the teacher's harmless comment of Jessica's not quite realizing her potential. And suddenly I'm like, maybe I've never realized my potential. <laughs> So, you know, going through unrequited love letters, cards from family who's no longer living, from people whose names you might not even still remember. Who knows what lurks in the boxes in the attic? As I slowly wade my way through box after box, my eye catches something bright green, a spiral-bound book and in an instant, I am 12 years old again. A disaffected, yet Jewishly yearning Hebrew school dropout, preparing for my bat mitzvah, Parshat Shoftim. So what kind of book? What kind of book do you want to give a young woman who longs to find her voice in the tradition? What book will spark her interest to engage forever with community? My Bar Mitzvah book. <laughs> this was published in 1960, and they were still using it about 30 years later. I don't know, I guess they figured, why bother printing an edition with a, for a girl with a bat mitzvah? Maybe the bat mitzvah fad is going to you know, run out of steam. And anyway, I mean, what prepubescent girl doesn't want to be addressed as a man? <laughs> Actually, I... <laughs> I'd love to share an excerpt, <laughs> if that's okay, if you'll just humor me for a moment. All right, here it is. Okay, Judaism, its beliefs and institutions. There are three great religions in the world which are based on the belief in one God, Judaism, Christianity, and Mohammedanism. <laughs> It only gets better from there. <laughs> but I really, I digress, because I don't want to speak about that. I want to speak about boxes. This past Shabbat, we celebrated Rosh Chodesh, the new moon, the new month of Elul, 
There was sweet singing in Hallel this Saturday, last Saturday morning, and we dedicated ourselves to a month-long journey of tshuva, of return, of repentance, a pilgrimage that culminates in the tshuva fest that is Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So every morning for 30 days, Jews around the world call ourselves to attention with a shofar blast, which according to Maimonides, this tikiyah carries an embedded message. Awaken. Awaken you sleepers from your sleep. And slumberers arise from your slumbering. Search your actions and return in tshuva. Remember where you come from. Awaken. Remember where you come from. And so as all of us peek into our proverbial attic boxes, let's ask, when did my habits calcify like this? When did I look away rather than engage? When did I ignore responsibility to my family, to my community? Where did I practice an acrobatic feat of apologetics and excuses in order to let myself off the hook? Where have I been complicit in marginalizing others' voices? And what is that narrative? You know that narrative that you have on repeat, the one that restrains you from intimacy with your partner, your parents, or your friend? So like the night before Passover, when many Jews armed with feathers and a candle search our homes for traces of chametz, in the month of Elul, we turn that candle inward and illuminate the places where we have neglectfully slumbered, where we remain callous or indifferent, where we inadvertently have been hurtful or willfully ignorant. We hold up to the light each fractured place in ourselves, and with a stance of responsibility and hope for an alternative route, we begin the alchemy of tshuva. The power of Elul is the faith that we are all, each and every one of us, creatures of transformation. We don't need to remain stuck. Even if you have broken your vow a thousand times, you carry within you the capacity to change, to grow, to reprogram neural pathways. The days and weeks of Elul provide the scaffolding for the metamorphosis and the conviction that it is possible. Yet, like so many growth spurts, tshuva is terrifying. As Rabbi David taught last week in the name of Rav Cook, the first chief rabbi of Palestine, the process of tshuva is painful, it's even violent. In order for us to sever a habit, we have to wrestle internal forces that strive with their every moment to keep them in place. The closer we get to authentic tshuva, to waking up and making change, the louder the voice encouraging us to hit that snooze button and go back to sleep. Tshuva is a battle, and it is scary. Even if we succeed, we succeed in severing ourselves from these toxic behaviors and ingrained thought patterns, we incur suffering and pain as we would with the loss of a limb. Tshuva is a battle. And so when Moshe 
lays out rules of engagement for war in this week's parsha, which is always read on the first or second Shabbat of Elul, I now hear not only a guide for the battlefield, but for a battle to make tshuva last. Moshe says, and so it will be when you draw near to battle that the priest will approach you and he will speak to the people. He will say to them, Shema Yisrael, Al Yerach Levavchem. Do not, first of all, hear, hear Israel. Do not let your heart be weak. Al Tiru, don't be afraid. Ve'al Tachbezu, don't whirl yourself into a frenzy. And do not recoil before them. Preparing for battle. I imagine I have never been in a battle, thank God. Is bone-chillingly frightening. And Moses' words call for bravery, fight over flight, and commitment to the battalion. Yes. And when we read this through the lens of tshuva, of the fight to transform... What messages can leap out at us? Shema Yisrael. The first step of every moment of tshuva, listen. Go to your bosom, knock there. What do you glean? What do you glean from that top layer of the attic box? Listen not only to your own heart, but to your partner, your friends, your enemies, the divine Hineni, I am here of this week's Haftorah. Listen to the blast of the shofar calling, wake up. There are many in our community who choose to open their ears and to lift their pen. One colleague sends a new writing prompt for each day of Elul to support an entire community of people in reflective listening. So how are you gonna listen this Elul? It's still the beginning of the month. Who and what do you need to hear? Al yerach levavchem, the second command, don't let your heart go soft. I hear two calls here. After we open our ears and we open our hearts, the temptation is great to run away, for the heart to go limp, to be unreceptive to what perhaps has knocked us off balance. And yet at the same time, an oversoft heart doesn't have the strength to make change. And so Moses' words demand that our hearts stay present, vulnerable, engaged, and strong. Moshe imagines the priest then saying, Al tiru to the soldiers, do not fear. Yes, this is a battle, but you can't be afraid. Elul for the rabbis is a refuge from fear. They equate the month of Elul in one of the many plays with verses from Torah. They equate the month of Elul with a city of refuge to which one who has committed the most heinous crime can run to for safety. And our Elul is a refuge in time. So in the safety of this month, ask yourself, where have I gone astray? through empty promises, betraying trust, and arrogance? And in what ways have all of us together gone astray? Through complacency, for not being welcoming, for greed, for violence? 
Elul is the sanctuary in time. This is the time and this is the place for us to take responsibility. Responsibility without fear. Next, Moshe says, Ve'al tachpazu. So if al tiru was don't be afraid, al tachpazu is please don't freak out. Don't whip yourself into a frenzy. Don't get scattered. This Elul is a boot camp and it pays to stay focused. You know, there's, there's a way to take things out of a box. One thing at a time. Examine it. And then there is lifting the box and dumping the contents over your head. This action, which I'm very familiar with, leads to anxiety, shame, self-flagellation, and eventually emotional paralysis rather than transformation. So Moses tells us, keep your eyes on the prize and please go slow. Finally, he says, Ve'al So many translators read this last instruction as, don't break rank, stay with your battalion. In other words, stay in formation as a community. Tshuva doesn't happen in a vacuum, and this is a communal time. So how about we support each other? We're accountable to each other. We find a tshuva chavruta, a tshuva study partner, and we challenge each other. I want to commit to this as a community. In less than one month, we will arrive at Rosh Hashanah. The rabbis understood that the work of tshuva cannot begin when you take your seat on Erev Rosh Hashanah. So Elul is our tarmac, our boot camp, in which to roll up our sleeves and get to work. So commit to it. Choose one thing. Listen for what that one thing is. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a regret. Maybe it's a behavior that desperately needs a makeover. And after you hear that call for that one tshuva for where you are going to focus, feel your heart open and strong. Take the space of Elul as your refuge to shine a light on, the, on this issue. Breathe and don't freak out. And look around you. Actually, right now, look around you. This is our community. And this is our chance in Elul. So this is our chance to be here for each other, to check in with each other. Three years ago, I emerged from that attic a lot lighter. And it wasn't easy. The fear, the wrestling, the regression. But I swear that if a Hebrew school dropout, alienated and referred to as a young man, can fall in love with davening, Shabbos, all of Yiddishkeit, and become a rabbi, tshuva is definitely possible. Please rise.